everybody, and welcome to another episode of React Roundup. This week, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood. We didn't have a guest this week. Everybody else seemed to be sick or out or something like that. So I'm just going to fill in here. And I'm going to talk about some things that I've been thinking about. Are you a React developer who builds large applications for your organization? With NX, you can build your apps in a monorepo alongside your backend code and share code between React and other frameworks. You'll also get advanced code generation and automatically configured tooling like Cypress, Jest, and Prettier to simplify your workload. You'll build higher quality apps, share more across teams, and focus less time on configuration. Visit nx.dev react to get Narwhal's free open source set of extensible dev tools. I've been looking for a little while at uh, rebooting one of the series that I did. I had it running on YouTube. I probably will do it again on YouTube, but it's going to be primarily an audio program. And the main focus is basically just how to succeed in your tech or programming career. I thought that I would just kind of riff on some of those ideas here for a few minutes, just to give you something to kind of think about while we're uh, getting back on track with having guests on React Roundup. Let's just dive in and talk about it for a minute because one of the things that I think is most relevant to people being successful in tech, and granted, there are a lot of ideas and a lot of philosophies about tech and what opportunities people have and what that means and stuff like that. But there's there are some pretty universal truths to having a great career in programming. And I think the the biggest thing and the one that is probably talked about the least is that If you want a career in programming and you want it to work out for you, then you have to put in the work. I also want to point out, you know, as as people start to think about, okay, you know, what does that mean for me? Is that, uh, you know, there there are a lot of ideas about, you know, what opportunities are available to what people, but I have yet to meet somebody who did the work who wasn't able to get the job they wanted or make the career move that they wanted or participate in open source the way that they wanted or things like that. You know, and that's not to say that things are going to happen or not going to happen that, you know, wish would or wouldn't, right? I think it's unrealistic to do that and it's it's also unrealistic necessarily to say that, you know, some people just aren't going to give you, you know, like I said the opportunity that you want. But um in the vast majority of cases as I've thought about this and talked to people of all kinds of different backgrounds and things like that is that if they really wanted it, they could go get it. Now, there are some things that make it easier. So it's not just, you know, go out and bang your head against the wall until you get there. And sometimes that's what it takes, right? I'm I'm not discounting that. Because honestly, sometimes that's what it takes. I've met some people that, I mean, that's what it was. They they couldn't find any of these shortcuts, so to speak. They couldn't put themselves in a position to really take advantage of any of of the, the things that are, you know, allow you to meet people that help you shortcut this stuff. And so they really did just have to bang their heads against the wall. You know, they go find a, a course online, which already is much easier than reading a book or whatever, right? But they had to go find a course online and then they had to go and basically muddle their way through learning React. But for the most part, there are some things, like I said, that you can do that are going to get, get you there much faster. I think one of the big ones, at least, you know, as I've talked to people and in my own experience, is to find a mentor. When I was first getting into programming, I have to say, I was going to say my first mentor was, uh, he was a panelist on Ruby Rogues for a while. But if if I'm really thinking about it, my first mentor was actually a guy named, oh, what, what was his name? Anyway, I worked, for him, I worked with him at BYU. And what his deal was, I'm probably going to think of it, I think it was Mike. What What happened was he was actually, this was what, back in 2004 or 5? He was building websites in his spare time. 
So he, he was going to BYU and then he was working in the IT department at BYU. And then he was building websites in his spare time in uh, LampStack PHP, you know, and then it was PHP four or five or something like that. It was, it was a while ago. So anyway, um, but he was building these websites and he was starting to make money at them. And what he'd do is he would get catalogs of hunting equipment. So like bows and arrows and stuff like that. And he would put the catalog information onto the website and he would resell. So I think he had gotten some kind of licensing to resell. You know, this was back before e-commerce really kind of hit its stride. He would resell hunting equipment online on his website. He was making a bunch of money. And so I started building a website to help help college students find apartments. And it went well beyond just these are the amenities and things, but it was, you know, here's who your roommates would be. And here's how you, you know, if you've got a bunch of friends that all want to find a place together, here's how you can find those and, you know, stuff like that. It never actually saw the light of day. But yeah, so he, he got me into building stuff with PHP and MySQL. I mean, I was a computer engineering major, so I had been taking some programming classes in college. And I was also working in IT at the university. So I wasn't a complete novice at this, but a lot of that stuff really came from that. And even earlier, some of the people that I wound up working with at BYU. So a friend of mine, we wound up being roommates for a few years. His name was Jerry. He actually helped me get a job in the IT department. I had been doing janitorial work at the university before that. And then all of the folks that worked there, I mean, they had every incentive, right, to help me to learn what I needed to learn and get that job. So in some cases, I mean, you might just have to slog through a lower end job to learn this stuff. But finding a mentor in Mike, I'm gonna have to look because it's gonna drive me crazy. But uh, and I know we're connected on LinkedIn. So anyway, but yeah, so so he kind of got me into that. And then with regards to uh, Ruby and Ruby on Rails. One of the things that, uh, yeah, it was Mike. I'm not going to share his first name anyway, or his last name, but yeah, and it was a long, long time ago. But anyway, so, so, so yeah, so that was just, it was, it was interesting and fun. And, you know, I, I got into it. So when I was working at Mosey, I, I worked with a guy named Tom. And Tom was kind of one of those people, so was Jerry, incidentally, who seemed to just go pick a technology and then would just, learn it and know how know what to do with it intuitively he would just go pick stuff up well we were working the support department together so people would email in initially when i got hired we only offered email support so people would email in and say hey we have a problem it's not backing my stuff up or it's giving me this error or things like that right and then we would respond we would open up thunderbird which is mozilla's email client for those of you who have only ever used gmail or something we would open up thunderbird and we would just reply and what we found was that with two of us, sometimes we would be working on the same email. And sometimes there would be overlap in other ways. And a lot of the emails that we were getting were the same kinds of things, right? It's like, it's giving me this connection error. Okay, well, you know, try it again, or here's what you do, or blah, 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 right? And it was all just really um, generic answer that we could just, you know, we could just put into a kind of a... a a canned response, for lack of a better way of putting it. And we could just send that out. So the company was using Ruby on Rails at the time to work on their web interface where you could actually order a restoration of your files, right? So you could select the files you want, and then you could come back and download a zip file. At the time, that's, that's kind of the way they did it. Now the client will just restore your files for you. Or at least <laughs> when I worked on it, what, 15 years ago? 
But yeah, so they were using Ruby on Rails. So we built a Ruby on Rails app that would go and actually pull emails out of the off the email server and it would put them into a database and then we would answer them, right? But it would put a mutex on the email. So if Tom opened it, then I wouldn't and wouldn't answer it and vice versa, right? But he, again, was just kind of, he just got in and did it. And so I would get in and do it, right? And I would ask him questions about Rails or I would ask one of the full-time, I guess, real developers about how to do that in Rails. And anyway, it was just, it was just kind of interesting to, to see where we wound up at with that. But yeah, you know, I had somebody that I was sitting next to every day that I could ask questions of. Eventually, I got hired at Solution Stream and a guy named Nate. Nate was on Ruby Rogues. He was kind of my first professional in a job mentor. And so a lot of these folks that were my mentors, I found through jobs. But a lot of other folks I met through the meetups, right? Because that's when I started going to the meetups. And this is another kind of killer hack, right? Is if there is a code meetup near you, go. If you're trying to find a better opportunity or a new opportunity or your first job, go to those meetups. You'll find people, you'll meet them, you'll, you'll just kind of grow into uh, relationships with people that are going to help you out. And you can show up and ask questions and, and get help there. Another great way is conferences, right? For a lot of the same reasons, but people are kind of, for lack of a better word, they're kind of stuck there. They're, they're in a place where if they've traveled to the conference, they really don't have anything else to do except the conference, right? And so you can meet up with people and you can actually build the relationships with them and you know, hang out, go grab dinner, you know, go find a table at the venue and hack on stuff till all hours of the night. You can go talk to the sponsors, you can go talk to the speakers. And it's a really terrific way, again, just to meet people, people who may want to hire you or people that may want to uh, help you learn. And then from there, you know, again, you can kind of short circuit it by either building your knowledge or your relationship so you can get where you want to go. There's open source. So you can contribute to open source software that allows you to, again, meet a lot of people, but it also puts you in a position where you can kind of show off, hey, this is what I do. This is what I can do. This is what I'm good at. These are the capabilities I have. This is how I learn. This is how I work. You get kind of the idea there. And so again, you know, but you have to go do the work. I think people, a lot of times they think they can just scoot through a boot camp, and then the boot camp folks are going to help them find a job. And then they figure out, you know what, I've got to kind of struggle through six months or so of continuously learning, growing and looking for a job before I can get somebody to take a chance on me. And, you know, and so by doing, you know, and you have to do that work. But in a lot of cases, you can short circuit it by either meeting up with people, you can short circuit it by finding a mentor who will help you through it by meeting people at the companies you want to work at and otherwise doing you know programming either open source or on site projects but all of that work has to be done and you have to do it and then if you don't have the advantage of having a meetup near you and you you can't or won't start one you don't have the advantage of being able to go to a conference you don't have the advantage of being able to go to some of these other places then you've just got to do the work, right? You've got to go out and you've got to meet people and apply to a bunch of jobs and do that kind of work. And I have a whole book on how to do that stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, none of it's automatic and you have to do the work. And so your situation, so your situation is dependent on you doing the work. The other thing is, is that uh, you know, some people get concerned because what if they don't hire me because I'm different, right? And the reality is, is that there are people out there that will not hire you because you're different. 
my experience and the experience of many, many people who are different in different ways tells me that those people are very rare, but they do exist. So, you know, just be aware of that. But the thing is, is then you just have to go do the work to find the people that aren't that way. For the most part, you can, right? I mean, if they're the only gig in town, then that's rough, right? Because it's 100% of your opportunities. But we have this internet thing going on now. And so you can find remote people to hire you. You can find people in the next town over, the town over after that. And, And you can connect with them online. And you can do most of the work of getting to know them online. And then you can move and make the decisions going to get you into a place where they can hire you, right? And so there is no more one get big gig in town, right? I mean, there are big companies if you want to go work for a Facebook or a Google or a Microsoft or whatever, or Amazon. But usually even then you have to have a bunch of experience. And it's, it's a different kind of animal to try and get into those places. So I, I just I highly recommend that you just get in and do the work. So when I'm talking about doing the work, and I probably have like six of the other podcasts, podcast episodes all mixed up in here. But when you're getting in and you're trying to do that work, right, to get where you want to be, and it may be, I want to get a job where they're going to pay me $100,000 a year and after work, I can go surf, right? Or it may be, I want to get a job that's going to pay me to travel to conferences and speak, right? Those jobs exist. They're usually developer evangelists or developer relations. And they like it when you do that, okay? They like it when you travel and they'll pay you to do it. What you need to do then is you need to figure out where you want to end up, right? I want to end up as the CTO of a startup. Okay, well, that may take you a few years if you're brand new, unless you co-founded or something like that, right? Or I want to end up as you know, a senior developer in a big company like Amazon. Or I want to be a conference speaker. Or I want to, I want to contribute to some of the biggest open source projects out there. I mean, any of these are fine, right? And the other thing is, is people are like, well, I don't know what to do. And usually what that boils down to, I'm going to address this tangent for a minute, and then I'll come back to, you know, knowing what you want to do. But a lot of people get hung up on, well, I don't know if I necessarily want to end up at a big company. And I I don't know if I want to be at a small company either, right? And for those, generally what you need to do is you need to just pick one, right? Because if you can get focused, then you can start solving that problem. And then what may happen is you may meet somebody that works at the big company, you know, Amazon or Microsoft or something. And what happens is they talk to you about what their work life looks like or their home life, you know, how their home life is affected by work. And you may go, I don't want to work there anymore, right? Because what they like or what they're willing to what they're willing to do for their employer, I'm just not willing to do, right? And so you may wind up wanting to go work for a different company that has different work conditions or a different team, a different team at that company and what, you know, and maybe maybe their work conditions are different, right? And so but you can change it, right? So it's like, you know what? I, I thought I wanted to work at Facebook, but it turns out that Facebook has this thing going on that just makes it a no, a no go for me, right? So then you go somewhere else. You you change your plan and you focus on Google or you focus on some of the local smaller companies or whatever. But yeah, so it's not a permanent decision, but making that decision will get you a bunch of clarity. Okay, so make the best decision you can and then go for it. And then if it turns out that that's the wrong decision for you, then change horses. But don't change horses a bunch of times because it's hard to get traction if you're 
everywhere. So now that you know what you want to do, now you can start to figure out what it's going to take. So let's say that you decided, you know what, I want to work for a big company like Google or Facebook or Amazon or whatever, right? So what you can do is you can go start talking to people who work at those companies and find out what it's like to get hired there, what it's like to work there, what kinds of things they're generally looking for, what you have to do, right? Because then you can start to to make that plan. Oh, well, uh, looks like most of Google uses Angular, so I'm going to go learn Angular. It looks like they do a lot of Go on the back end. I'm going to go learn Go. There's a whole team that does uh, web components, so I'm going to figure that technology out. So you kind of have a plan, right? They tend to like people who contribute to open source in these ways, so I'm going to go do that. I'm going to try and get a ticket to Google I.O. so that I can go and meet up with some of these folks. Maybe you'll move down to Mountain View, California, or near Mountain View, California, so you can go to some of the meetups on their campus. Or maybe you'll just take a trip out there, and you'll go see San Francisco, and then at the end of your trip, you'll spend two days in Mountain View hobnobbing at Google. Or, you know, but, but you, can, you can start to make those decisions and start figuring out where you want to go. This goes back to the whole point, right? Is you have to be willing to go do that stuff, right? It's not enough to think, oh, I want to be at Google. In other words, you can't think it, right? You have to work it into existence. Now, some people are going to have advantages that you don't have. Some people are just going to have some kind of natural way in, right? Or they're going to know somebody you don't. And that's kind of what I'm thinking about as far as uh, advantages go. But you can work through that, right? You can work around it. You can get to know those same people or other people that have clout. And you can go do that work. But uh, you have to do the work. And it really does depend on you. For whatever advantages or disadvantages you may naturally have, you know, maybe... And and I've kind of stuttered a little bit while I'm, I'm talking through this. If that's kind of where you, you know, maybe you have a speaking impediment. Or maybe you have some kind of special accessibility need or something like that, right? Other people are just going to have that, you know, that advantage, right? But I have not met a person yet who couldn't overcome any kind of obstacle to get a programming job. If they wanted one, they could go get it, right? And and so just go in there and do the work. I mean, that that's more than anything else what I really wanted to talk to here for a half hour or so is just look, make a plan, you know, decide what you want, make a plan. And then do the freaking work. And just to warn you a little bit, a lot of times doing the work is not fun, right? It is boring stuff. Now that I know I want to go work at Facebook, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go through a bunch of video courses and read a bunch of books about React. I'm sorry, I love writing software. I don't really enjoy learning about software. I just I don't, right? If if I go learn about software, the part of it I enjoy is oh, I got to plug this into my app and it made a difference. That's the part that, that pays off for me. And so I go spend four or five hours learning some technique and it's when I do stuff over and over and over and over again, that's when it pays off. That's when the work gets done. That's when all of this stuff kind of comes together. And so doing the work part can be really, really not fun. But the flip side is, is that then what you wind up with is you wind up in a place where you're much closer to what you wanted. One other thing I'm just going to throw in there is that if you make a decision, let's say that you decide you're going to go, you want to go work at Google. And so you spend three months figuring out you know, what you have to do to get hired at Google. So you go look on glassdoor.com, you talk to a bunch of Googlers, you maybe you attend ng-conf or you know, another conference where there are a bunch of Google folks at you make it down to Google I.O. and you go have conversations with people there. You get a really good idea of what's going on. 
um, you you get way into the process and then Google doesn't hire you or you decide, you know what, I don't want to move to Mountain View or I, I'm not that excited about working for Google anymore, right? You still have all that stuff that you did and learned that you can parlay into something else, right? You can tell people you went to Google I.O. A lot of people will... I don't know if it gives you a ton of credit as far as what you're capable of doing, but it shows a certain level of dedication and uh, interest in the programming craft, right? And so then you can turn around and maybe you decide Facebook is the thing after all, right? So then you go to ReactConf and you can talk to them. And at the same time, you may bring up something you learned at Google I.O. Or maybe you'll have conversations about something you learned about Angular. Or maybe it'll give you a novel look into something they're doing in React that they do in the Angular community that's better or pays off in a different way in that particular circumstance. And so it's most of that momentum isn't lost. I mean, it, it doesn't directly translate necessarily, but you're still building yourself up to have the skills you need to get what you want. I, I just can't emphasize enough to just do the freaking work. Now, I know this episode was a little bit rough and I kind of talked through a whole bunch of stuff. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I can just encourage you to do anything, it's figure out what you want, make a plan, and then execute, 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 execute. Just one more example of this. So I run a podcast network, right? I, I do programming too. But I run this podcast network and I had a goal with it, right? As far as like what I needed to do. And especially I had things slowed down, you know, over the last few months. And so I had a goal to bring it back, right? And so I just go do the work. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it really has paid off. I've made a ton of connections. I've had a ton of opportunities to connect with and work with people. But a lot of the work was slog work, right? It was, okay, I'm going to send another email to another person at another company, right? And to them, it feels like, oh, I got an email from Chuck about podcast sponsorship. But they're like the 500th person I've emailed. And that is just boring stuff. But I really want it. And so I'm going in and doing the work. And that's what you've got to do too, right? So it may be that you're reaching out to the 800th Googler that you're trying to find so that you can get the inside track on something. Don't give up. But also realize that a lot of times what gets you what you want is you doing things to that level and to that extreme that nobody else is willing to do. And so if you go and you've reached out to 800 zillion people that work for Facebook, odds are you're probably going to find a few of them that are willing to help you at least get closer. And that's what it takes, right? And yeah, LinkedIn isn't the most fun place to spend your time. Email is not the most fun place to spend your time. I'd much rather go to a meetup or a conference and meet people there. But those aren't everyday things. And so you have to get in and you have to do the daily grind, the daily work. And it's the same thing with building programming skills, right? Is that what a lot of these companies are looking for, and in my opinion, what makes the difference between a junior developer and a senior developer is how much of the right thing to do is intuitive to them. And the only way to do that, the only way to get that kind of intuitive sense for React or Vue or Ruby or anything else, right, is to do a whole bunch of it the way that they tell you to do it in all of the guides for React or whatever. This is a React podcast, so I'm going to say React, right? So all of the examples, all of the places where they're showing you how to do React, you get used to doing it the React way. And then when you run into another problem, 
your programming experience basically says, well, I've solved a problem like this, not even necessarily in React, with this programming pattern. And the way that we do it in React is we put it in this specific place with this specific format. And you kind of tie all that together. And it's mostly intuitive how that pattern works and how it all goes together and how React looks at those particular things and how it makes that stuff work. Go do it. Go slug it out. Go do the slog, do the work, do the outreach, find a mentor, all of that stuff. But yeah, I think a lot of folks, they just kind of have it in their head that, okay, if I learn how to program, then I should automatically get the job I want with the benefits that I want, the salary that I want. And sometimes it works out that way, but most of the time you have to put in the work. And if, if the better jobs go to the people that are out there doing the work to learn how to be better at what they do. Hey folks, this is Charles Maxwood and I just launched my book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. It's up on Amazon. We self-published it. I would love your support. If you want to go check it out, you can find it there. The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Have a good one. Max out. That, that's pretty much all I have that I'm going to throw in here at this this week. I am going to throw a few picks out here. The first one is, is I've been working on putting together a JavaScript conference. It's an online conference. A lot of people are worried about uh, coronavirus or COVID-19. And so, you know, they're, they're not going to conferences. We've actually seen conferences rescheduled or canceled because of it. Or their attendance is way down because people just, you know, they don't want to worry about getting sick. And so um, I'm putting on an online conference. That means that all the handshakes are germ-free at the conference. Okay. I guess unless people have a viewing party. And in that case, it's not my fault. But anyway, we're going to put on an online conference. It's going to be in May, May 14th through 16th, or 15th, sorry, May 14th, 15th. And we're going to be talking about JavaScript. And so um, I think Amy Knight, I just talked to her and she's going to come do a talk about something related to CSS. Dan Shapir, who's on JavaScript Jabber. And honestly, every time he brings up a topic, I'm like, man, this is awesome. He's going to come in and do a talk I don't know what yet. He's like, I've got like six talks. You can pick the one you want. I'm like, sweet. Steve Edwards said that he wanted to speak. He's on Views on View and JavaScript Jabber. I'm reaching out to a few other folks. I don't want to name names just because I don't want people to buy a ticket thinking that somebody's going to show up and then not having them show up, right? So we'll announce stuff. If you follow me on Twitter, uh, C-M-A-X-W, that's C-M-A-X-W, then I'll be announcing speakers as we get them. The call for proposals is open until the end of March. So if you go and put in a proposal and you get accepted, that still gives you a month and a half to write your talk. 45-minute talks, two days. I think I decided there are 22 sessions. And what that does is it just, you know, it leaves us a little bit of space so that, you know, we can, we can take breaks so that people can go use the bathroom or get food or whatever. So, so if you go to jsremoteconf.com, then all the information will be there. The way that I have the ticket uh, pricing set up is the first 50 tickets are 10 bucks. The next 50 tickets are 15 bucks. The next 50 tickets are 20 bucks. And then after that, they're all 25 bucks. Eventbrite did make me put a number in for how many tickets are available of each type. So I just kind of filled it out to a thousand. I don't know that I expect that many people. We're going to put stuff together for, we're going to have a Discord server. I'm going to send around a, a kind of a guide so that people can express, you know, if they think so. Like if, if the speaker makes a joke at a regular conference, they hear people laugh. But at the online conference, you don't get a lot of that. And so I'm looking to, you know, show people how to use emojis and stuff so that, you know, if somebody says something funny, you know, then they can see the laughs kind of bubble through the chat and things like that. 
We've also done Q&A at the end, usually for five to 10 minutes. Usually that's, people ask great questions and you know we, we get a lot of traction out of that. So I'm going to put that together as well. And yeah, then if you're worried about getting sick at a conference, then you know we'll see if we can get a conference together for you and get the word out that way. I'm kind of leaning toward doing Ruby Kaigi just postponed. They were going to be in April and now they're going to do it in September. So I'm talking to them about possibly putting on a Ruby conference in online conference in June. Also planning on, I think I might do an Angular one in June or July. So we'll figure that out and we'll, we'll have the conferences out there for people. I honestly, a lot of people are speculating that COVID-19 or coronavirus is going to be a big deal. And some people are speculating that, you know, we kind of did enough early enough to where we're not going to have a major problem with it. I personally don't know enough about it to speculate. And the people I'm listening to are all over the map. And so I don't know what to believe there. Um, I'm kind of hoping that it all turns into a big nothing burger and that nobody has to worry about it. But if you're worried about it, and, and right now, you know, a little bit of caution is probably not ill-advised. You know, I don't know if I'd go canceling trips yet. But anyway, um, if you want to come to the conference, the most is going to cost you is 25 bucks. I am working on pulling together some workshops that I will be putting on, hopefully on the 13th is what I'm looking at. And, you know, just have some people come in and do some workshops on some different JavaScript technologies. So, yeah, stay tuned for that as well. And so that's my pick. That was kind of a long-winded pick. I should probably pick something else. I've been listening to a book on Audible lately. Um, Really, really enjoying it. In fact, I've got two of them, so I'll pick them both. One of them is The Chronicles of Narnia. Now, it's the adult box set, I think is what they called it. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But what it is, is they've got a whole bunch of terrific narrators. And by narrators, I mean authors. You've probably watched on shows. The Last Battle's done by Patrick Stewart. Um, the Magician's Nephew was done by Kenneth Branagh. I didn't recognize all of the author's names. Um, I'm right now in the middle of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Having finished The um, Magician's Nephew, the narrator on that is excellent, but I didn't really recognize his name. I think I Googled him and he's been around for quite a long time. But yeah, so they've got different actors doing the different books. So I'll, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then the other book that I'm reading is uh, Expert Secrets by Russell Brunson. And it's awesome. Usually I listen to the book. I kind of take a few notes as far as like, this is what I got out of it here, you know, and then make a goal to apply it in one way or the other and kind of work it into my uh, everyday schedule. This book, I'm going to have to go and actually get a sit down and read copy and work through it because there's so much in it. And there's just no way that I can conceivably sit down and just, you know, pull all the points out of it off of an audio book. So I'm really, really enjoying that as well. I'll put links to that, those in the show notes. Keep an eye out for the DevRev. I think I have the devrev.com. So you can just go get the stuff there. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about some aspect of what you need to be doing in order to build the career and life that you want on the DevRev, right? And it's, it's going to be a show focused on success, right? I'm not going to go and fight about all of the different philosophical standings that everybody has in tech. Honestly, I'm focused on putting information out there that is going to help you get what you want out of your tech career, okay? So I, I may support some cause here or there, but for the most part, 
I'm hoping to just get very, very specific and just be like, look, if you want this, do that. And, you know, stay out of some of the political hand wringing and uh, wrangling and generally yelling at people that happens on the internet over some of this stuff. Because at the end of the day, some of them might be right, some of them might be wrong, but a lot of it doesn't affect your day to day work. You know, some of it affects the direction of the tech community, but day to day, you're not showing up to work and dealing with those issues. So I'm going to talk about the stuff that you're showing up and dealing with day to day and talk about how to make that better. So anyway, there you go. That's the whole show. I'll wrap up. And until next week, everybody, max out. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com to learn more. 